You're listening to the Hammer Horror Podcast. Let me in. Hello! Welcome to the Hammer Horror Podcast, Vampire Tales Edition. This is our last instalment where we are looking at the film Let Me In, which people may know as the remake of the Swedish film Let the Right One In. I'm joined today by fellow podcaster Anthony Yee. Hello. Hello, Ant. How are you, sir? Good. 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 Yeah. All right. Well, just quickly, Let Me In was the initial uh, film launch, bringing Hammer films back into the modern cinema audience. And this is crucial. Um, But it would already be facing an uphill struggle due to the unexpected popularity of the original. Mm. Yes. So by the time they'd gone into production and were set to release the film, all of a sudden, let the right one in, just went gangbusters. (laughs) And we all know what happens when you kind of technically make a remake that's become a success. Particularly a foreign film. Poo-poo is coming in. I find. Particularly because it's trendy whenever there's a... Not that this was a Hollywood remake... But it's always trendy to go, oh, it's not as good as the original, if it's particularly... If yeah, it's yeah. Fun, if it's from overseas. Like, uh, the one with <laughs> that, that Scorsese did. Oh, The Departed. Departed, yeah. yeah. That's a classic. And that's a great film. But yeah. it, it, people who want to sound trendy go, oh, yeah, it's not as good as the original. Try I actually one. think it's not as good as the original. <laughs> See? An example. And I was going to say, I, I was going to say douchebag say that. I, and just it's not big, yeah, 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 I know, I know. I like being a douchebag. What can I say? But but no, I've had this similar kind of uh, debate with my wife about about the Departed, Um, (laughs) and I have this kind of. I mean, I I know I'm in the minority, but I have this ongoing theory that Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese should not make films because they always turn out shit. Oh, okay. And that's a big debate topic for another time. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, we're going to stay on this one. Um, So, okay. Anyway, you get my point. But but, just to be trendy, yeah, people go, oh, it's not as good as the insert Swedish European country. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I I get the point. Now, we will hold judgment on where our view stands on that particular issue when we come to the end of our discussion. Um, It is difficult to look at this film without thinking thinking of the the older film anyway. Yeah, you Uh, you can't look at it objectively. So anyway, look, but let's let's do what we, we normally do. Let's crash through the plot line. Yep. Feel free to interject when you want. Hopefully that cleaner won't come in and add his views. I don't he's welcome to. Um, there's a cleaner outside. It just scared the shit out yeah, of us. Yeah, he's staring at us with a mop. Anyway, so let's let's crash on with where this version of uh, the book Let the Right One In, mm-hmm. titled Let Me In. Yep. Hammer's entrance onto the uh, film stage once again yep um, into uh, what I term new hammer mm-hmm. um, okay so the movie itself is set um, they've moved they've moved to the location for this movie it's actually set uh, not in Sweden but in Los Alamos in New Mexico and it's set in 1983 that's an interesting choice was it the original one was that set in the 80s I think so. It's got that kind of... Um, uh, well, I just thought that was Sweden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no. you've just lost an entire country. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mean to be... So, yeah, look, I mean... But was, it, was the book written? Because it was based on a novel, yeah? Yes, the book's based in Sweden. And was it, was, was it written in that time period? I think so. Okay, so it's an old novel, old novel is it? No, but I think it's set he in that He just said it in that time period. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sweet. Uh, anyway, um... So, but I, I found the opening quite interesting because we, we, what we're seeing is like this overhead shot and the lights are, you see these lights from the emergency vehicles snaking yes. their way th- across the landscape. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of cool. And then you have this internal shot, the Ambo struggling with a, with a victim who'd been 
um, doused in lo what looks like some form of acid. Mm -hmm. um, and, then, uh, and then we are in the hospital and we see a detective um, who uh, arrives to question him and he places a notepad and pen by his side. Yep. Um, questions are raised by the audience as he asks if, I, um, if he is a Satanist or from some kind of cult. Yep. Um, so already like, uh, it's prying some questions from the audience, mm -hmm. which yep. I thought was kind of nice. It's mm -hmm. pulling people in, going, yep. oh, okay, what's happening here? Mm -hmm. um, the detective is then called away by reception. He goes to the phone and we pick up um, where we pick up there is some kind of daughter on the scene from the conversation he's having on the phone. Suddenly there is a scream and the detective rushes back to the board only to discover that the uh, victim or the person who was in the hospital yep. with the acid burns mm -hmm. has thrown himself out of an open window. On the notepad he's written, I'm sorry, Abby. Yes. That was is that completely different from the original opening? I can't remember. Yes, it is. Yeah, okay, yeah. They don't start with that scene. Right. <laughs> so completely different. So they decide to they do that, which is a bit of a Hollywood trend where they jump. Oh, the, to the, 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 the a midway yeah, point and then come and back. And they come back, back, which is very trendy at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Very true. Very so this is kind of what they what they chose to do, and I think it works. Personally. Yeah, it's enough there to kind of go, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, um, and entice you, and then all of a sudden we're brought to the next scene which is where we are witnessing a boy sitting on a playground by himself singing and eating candy, which is fucking freaky. What about you? Uh, this is uh, the yeah. Owen character. Yeah, I'm just trying. He's in the playground. Um, why is it, why is it, why is it freaky that he's eating candy? Why is not, that's not freaky, it's just the way he's singing. Oh, right. <laughs> I can't remember. I think it's freaky later on when you... Yeah, with, yeah. The, with the knife, but we'll get to that. Yes, but yes. but just saying, I remember thinking at the time the direction was very good. Yeah, the, the big shallow depth of field thing. Um, yes, um, that, that sort of that's beautifully shot. This movie, yeah, yeah. like yeah. hats off. There's some really nice cinematography in it. Yeah, um, and it is. Yeah, I, I, I the weird thing for me too is that I I had spent some time. I saw the first movie, the original one, and then I saw this one. Yep, came away thinking, oh wow, they're both really good. Yep forgot all about them and then you asked me to watch this movie again which yes. I did and I remember it was weird I remember because I knew what was happening I actually really appreciated it from a storytelling point of view how do you, how do you if I was briefed in how you tell yeah. the story and I was watching what they were doing I wasn't actually getting sucked into the, the story because I knew what was going to happen but I was sure. looking at how they were telling the elements of the story yes. like the opening with the midway point and then looking back yeah and, yeah yeah and thinking does that work yes it does yeah. and, and it's shot very well they, yep. they shot it and everything in macro close up works very well because you can't see detail on the burn victim which automatically makes you go, um, oh yeah, what's what's exactly wrong with him? Yeah, uh, all that's that it. Is, is very very good. Um, yeah, so that's that's my entire viewing viewership of this entire movie was from that point of view, not sure. from not from the first time viewing that was going on. Yeah, uh, which I guess is a bit different to all the other Hammer films you've made me watch. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the um, the interesting thing, like I mean, I know I said it's uh, this is the thing I said we'll, we'll try and reserve our judgment about where this this version sits compared to the old one, but it's kind of hard. Yeah, as absolutely. You yeah. Yeah. Because I did a similar thing where I, I had seen the original first, mm. then watched this one. And then getting ready for the podcast, I watched this again, and I actually appreciated it better upon the second viewing. Mm. Because I seem to remember when I watched it um, the first time around, I've been a douchebag <laughs> response to it. And <laughs> uh, going, yeah, it's not, it's not as good as the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I, I really, really appreciated it the second time around. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll, come, we'll come to that yes. down the track. 
So we've got Owen's character who's sitting in this playground and he's kind of singing to himself. He's evidently from like a religious family as, as he prays with his mum at the dinner table. That's right. Um, we never see his the face. mother's face. Yeah, you never see her. Which you, I think is really cool. Do you, did you see the face of the other mum? Yeah. You, okay, there you go. I, I think she's a, a sitcom actress or something. This, this I think so, yeah. I, look, um, because they didn't bother showing her face, I didn't bother looking, <laughs> looking up her on cred- IMDb, credentials. Well, uh, um, yeah, no, yeah, because yeah. I don't see the relevance of her. I mean, actually, you're right, she's from some kind of a sitcom of some kind, yeah. but um, I I, th- I felt it was a really good choice doing yeah. what they did with that, she because it really brings like, the focus on the yeah. two kids. Yeah, it does. And that's an interesting thing that this film does in itself, because... Mm. Um, even because um, oh, I've read the book too um, mm. just to kind of get a bit of background on it and there's a lot of detail around not just the mum but there are other characters that aren't right. involved within the film itself there are okay. other, there are a couple of people that live in, in, the, uh, in the flats mm. as well and there's a whole storyline following people that live in the flats who are slowly trying to track down who the killer is of, of their friends and stuff and it touches on it a little bit is that more the, those characters a bit more life than the original movie? Uh, yes and no yes, yeah, like it's yeah. kind of loosely yeah. but like even yeah. then it's not yeah. too much depth and we'll get to some of those characters down the track because some do get a little bit of light shone, shone upon them yeah. uh, pun intended there which we'll get to in a bit uh-huh. um, yeah but, but the, that, it's, it's a good point you bring about because I, I agree too I thought the straight away uh, the mother is a role but she's not a character that's yeah. why you don't see her face but it's also back to what you just said then about you concentrate on two kids yep. is that a lot of the camera angles I guess were at their level yeah. you shoot their level you can't see the adult's face that's right um, I have to look back and see if that's true but it, may, it seems to make sense in I hindsight. think you're right yeah. I think you're right I mean it's look I, I just know, found it I found it a really bold choice and like mm-hmm. there's even the, the, the father of Owen mm-hmm. has a role within the book Mm. Um, albeit small but there is a a series of chapters where he's with his father Mm. um, and the father is only heard on the phone in this movie Mm. Um, so there are choices they made within this which I felt was just right for the tone of the piece Mm. and really cut into the core of just focusing on these what I call star-crossed lovers Um, you know and there's a and I'm kind of, I may be jumping ahead, but there is a point later on where one of them is reading a book called, of Romeo and Juliet, which I think is uh, deliberately placed. Yeah, right, right, Because, right. again, star-crossed lovers and, yeah, and yeah. doomed to tragedy. Do these kids end up doomed for tragedy? Big debate, but we'll come to that in a bit. Yeah, cool. Okay, so we have Owen kind of like, um, he's sitting, um, as I said, he's uh, at the dinner table. We never see the mother's face. We get the impression that the parents are separated from uh, another phone call that's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then see Owen in his bedroom with a mask on. He looks at the mirror, yeah. holding a knife, and says, Are you scared, little girl? Yeah, now this is when he gets creepy. Yeah. Again, and, and if you don't know anything about the film, you think, Okay, this is a bit, he's a bit unhinged and not very safe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, you're thinking, oh, he's got issues. Yeah, or, he Which he does, but you, yeah. it's interesting how it's played out because in context you go, ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so he, uh, he then watches uh, one of his neighbours through a telescope from his bedroom window. So there's a bit of a voyeuristic thing going on. He's a perv. Which is interesting because this brings up um, a lot of good kind of a typical good horror movies mm-hmm. it tends to be voyeuristic in nature you look oh, yeah. at Hitchcock's Rear Window yeah. uh, you can look at uh, Peeping Tom mm. as well and um, there's lots of those kind of movies that, that work on that kind of level where you are watching somebody who is watching someone else yeah. 
and you're accepting of that behaviour. <laughs> well, um, I mean, it's, 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 you know, what you get up to. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 Home. Exactly. We've got, I'm sure, like, I think we would all be guilty of, here, I'm just digging myself deep here, we'd all be gu- <laughs> guilty of killing a homeless person at least once in our life. No, I mean, if or you... if you ass into a cash machine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, if you're, I mean, seriously, <laughs> if you're at home and you're in your you walk past your bedroom window and you see your neighbours having a fight across the road, yeah. you will stop and watch. If yeah. you can, if you think you're pretty sure they can't see you, you'll at least love yeah. a sticky big deal, what's that about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's you, that yeah. human nature yeah. to kind of pry into other people's business and go, Oh hold on. <laughs> their life's a bit more interesting than mine. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. And particularly if you don't think you're gonna get caught. Yeah. Which is interesting at one point later down the track. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Okay, so he um, he then sees a man and a girl arrive. They appear to be his neighbours. The girl has nothing on her feet, and yet it's freezing cold outside. That was yeah, that's very interesting. Um, we then see Owen at school. He soon beco- it soon becomes evident that Oscar is a victim of being bullied, as he's jumped on by a group of bullies, which results in Oscar pissing himself. Yes. Uh, which is quite a hard scene to watch. i got, I got to say, it's... A, it's, it's what I call the Joffrey Syndrome. The, the bully in this film is excellent. Yeah. He resembled a bully that picked on me in, in high school. Yeah. Not primary school, not high school. Primary school a hell of a lot. So I was about the same age. Yeah. So for me, he really resonated because I thought, A, he, his performance is spot on. He, yeah. He's exactly, he's a kid who is completely slash lashing out. Yeah. He's a kid himself who's, who's got issues because he's not, you know, his older brother's not exactly a role model. Yeah, and, and you could just you could just instantly get a, get a glimpse into his home life, the way he lashes out, and the way he behaves. The, for me, the pivotal scene was the, in the pool, which is around about this time, or soon afterwards, and the yeah. teacher goes, "Oi, stop it!" And the yeah. first thing that comes out of his mouth is like, "I didn't do anything." Yeah, and the way he says it is the way that all bullies, I think we've all met in our time, yeah. say that that, that that they feel instantly they've been picked on. Yeah, and and it's just been unfair, and so they lash out. What do That's they do? It. They lash out on the nearest victim that they perceive as weak. Yeah, which in this case is Owen. Um, this kid. Yeah, like Joffrey nailed it. Like you hate him. Yeah, yeah. And you fear him, and you want to, you know, his head caved in, and that's all. And the reason why is that he's he's nailed the performance. Yeah, he yeah. Wants bullies, now, now this is an interesting yeah. thing because I was going to leave this fact till later on when we start talking about the players of the piece, right? Yeah. But the director Matt Reeves um, apparently announced at the film premiere that he himself was bullied at school. Mm. So evidently, this is an area that was really close to home to him. Mm. And I'm wondering if that's why the performances ring so true. I think that's a subject that's so close to heart. Yeah, I could just as soon as I saw this kid play out, I can I was sitting there thinking, I'm pretty sure that this director is giving specific instructions yeah. on how to behave because he's fucking nailed. Yeah, him. yeah, and it's, not just him, but the older brother too. Is, yeah, when he comes along too, which is like yeah. that whole domino effect yeah, kind of absolutely. scenario, and it's yeah. Like, yeah, it's 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 really interesting. And this is one of the big big subjects that comes out of this movie itself: mm. the bullying behavior. Yeah, you um, could have made a movie just about that. Yeah, like it, that's how uh, it's it's a, it's a part of the movie, not a major part. But oh, I guess it is a major part, but. It's, it's, it's performed it so makes, well. It's, it's what makes him become who he becomes at the end. Yeah. Obviously with the aid of meeting Abby. Yeah, absolutely. But he, his character changes. And what we know as good screenwriters and you know screenplays to build a good character is that they have to have a really good story arc. Yeah. Um, and he has one in yeah, abundance in this yeah. movie and that's down mm. to good writing. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. All right, so... Um, so the guy's uh, get, he's getting bullied and as I said we see him actually pissing himself and in response to that Owen goes and buys a knife and he reenacts the same scene yeah. um, when it, but he then starts to stab this tree um, quite viciously quite viciously yeah, yeah. 
Um, and again, keeps saying little girl, little girl, because that's what the, they call him. Exactly. And so he's mimicking. And so yeah. do you realise the scene from earlier is that he's actually mimicking the behaviour the, bu- the bullies. bullies are acting out on him. Yeah. And it's all about power. Yeah. The older brother took away the power of the bully, yeah. and the bully took it away from him, and he's trying to... Exactly. On a tree. Yeah. So then Oscar suddenly becomes aware that he's being watched. He turns around to see the girl next door. She tells him that he, she cannot be his friend. Oscar sees the guy from next door in the doorway trying to light a cigarette. Yeah. So also in the context too, you should probably put out that it's snowing. It's snowing all the time. It snows all the yeah. time in this yeah. movie. And she, again, this little girl has no shoes on. No shoes on. All the time. All the yeah. time. Except for one scene, which is really odd. Uh, really? Yes, which we'll go into. I'll tell you what happens. Yeah, yeah, do, because I've but, missed that. Yeah, because yeah. to me it was like, ah, oh, okay, so when this happens she has to, she can wear shoes. Well, yeah, doesn't, she yeah. doesn't. But, but, okay, I'll say now. Essentially, when she drinks blood, yeah. we just, oh, spoiler alert, she's a vampire. What? Oh no! Oh my Hang god! But, I mean, watching a movie, I'm bullying all this time. <laughs> Paul's just frantically flipping through his notes right now, and oh yeah, no, oh yeah, you're right, yeah. Oh, vampires. Yeah. Oh, right, shit. The word is not mentioned though, is it? No, not once. Or is it? Oh, actually, no, he does. He asks her, yeah, 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 are you a vampire? And she goes, are you fucking nuts? And then they said, no. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Go on, no, sorry. Anyway, so no, I thought the thing is, um, yeah, when she is running um, empty, or yeah. on fumes, she, her feet go black. Yes. And she wear, she runs barefoot in the snow. Yeah. And the first victim, which was, we're jumping ahead a little bit, um, when she finally gets to drink some blood, she yeah. sees him and she looks a lot more, less feral. That's right. More presentable. Um, and she's got uh, sheepskin boots on. Fuck, okay, I'm gonna have to yeah. rewatch that now. Yeah, and I thought that was a thing, but then yeah, later on in the cool. movie, she does drink blood and she forgoes the boots. So I don't know if that was a, what was going on. I there. reckon that's a really cool yeah. touch if that is the case. Yeah, well, I, did, well, <laughs> I like the idea yeah. of that. So, like, literally. It makes it closer to human again yeah, or something. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. yeah interesting. Yeah, anyway. All right, so um, just moving on. So he's, he, uh, Owen, kind of sees the guy from next door, as I said. Um, in the door, he's trying to light a cigarette. And this is at the moment we think he's the girl's guardian or father. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. correct. In fact, in the tight in the uh, credits, he's called the father. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay, right. But for the sake of this podcast, I'm going to call him what his character's name is in the book, which is Hakan. Oh. Right. Because, and we'll get to this be- because he's not her father. No. But <laughs> we will get to that. Hakan is that his surname or that? Hakan H A K A N. It sounds like it's a Turkish origin. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, we then cut to um, watching Hakan or the father character uh, who is watching someone at a gas station. He sneaks into the car without them knowing, and there's a cool shot as he sits up in what looks like a gimp mask from the rear passenger seat. Mm-hmm. And the car reaches a train junction as the train passes by, he then attacks. Um, he strings the body upside down in a forest yep. and slits the throat and then collects the blood as it drips into the bottle. He then knocks the, down the bottle and loses the blood. Yep. So he's, he set up a bottle with a funnel on the Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, to yeah. Try and, and I thought, oh, cool. Yeah. And we've seen that before in Rise, which was a vampire flick with Lucy Liu. Oh, yeah, one? yeah, I, I know the cover. I don't think I've seen the film. It's a shit film. Right, that's what we But mean. I kind of like it. Oh, anyway, go. but that's by the by. Um, it's got Lucy Liu in it, that's why. Um, anyway. <laughs> so you get, you get the impression um, he's that, very 
he's an old man. He's it, tired, yeah. and, and he's in, again snowing. Yes. So you can't. He's not very mobile. No. And um, you get the impression for me, which is done very well because I think that's what they're trying to say, yeah. is that he's very tired. Yeah, yeah. And he's kind of coming to the end of, of his. He's useful. He's about to yeah. regenerate. Yeah. Um, but and yeah, he's done. Doctor. Yeah, he becomes the new doctor. <laughs> he's he's the. the so at the time we broadcast the fiftieth anniversary, he's just a week old, and we still love it. <laughs> uh, but uh, you get the impression that he's done this a gazillion times. Yes, correct. Yeah, well, like, uh, there's a method to everything yeah. he's doing, you know, and it's and like he, he's kind of going through the motions. And as you do when you when you go through the motions, you make mistakes. Yes, yes. that's right. Mm. Hence him knocking over the bottle and and losing most of the blood. Um, Owen then hears. Uh, so we cut back to Owen's apartment, and he hears shouting from next door, and presumes it's the guy, the father character. Um, but the audience sees him sitting on the floor and responds to an unseen presence. So, yeah, you, you think he's doing the yelling, but somebody else is yelling. And the other voice is a deep, yeah, deep voice. And it's female. For me, it still stood out as female, but it was just scarily deep. He th- thought it sounded female? I thought it sounded a little female. Right. But mind you, I was probably, again, my view is probably coloured because I knew what the hell was going on. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I don't know if I thought it was female. It just mm. made you go, oh. True. But anyway, so yeah, yelling, that's all yep. I have to say. Yep. Cool, man. All right, so... Um, I am eating dinner. You are now so eating dinner. So we did pause a little while ago. Yeah. So that take away really? to come in. Okay, so we're then at school the next day and it is announced that a student has been killed and that they should keep an eye out for anything suspicious. An older student. An older student. Somebody yes. who would drive a car. Yes. Yeah. Who may have been <laughs> at the train tracks. Yeah, killed at the train tracks. <laughs> <laughs> um... And then we see Owen sitting on the playground at night. He's joined by the girl. Um, and at first there is tension between the two, but the conversation strikes up around the Rubik's Cube. Ah, actually, I did think... Is the reason why he said this in the 80s? Because <laughs> the Rubik's Cube is such a pivotal yeah. MacGuffin. And um, back then it would have been relatively new. Yeah. Well, you could still do Rubik's Cube. The yeah. kid hasn't seen it. They're kids. That's true. But she's fascinated by it. She is, and they appear to hit it off. He notices that she's barefoot again and smells funny. So then Owen leaves her, not because she smells. <laughs> he leaves her um, and she drops the Rubik's Cube and then winces in pain. She then runs down an underpass and as a jogger comes through, she cries out for help. As he stoops down to pick her up, she bites his neck. There is a struggle and he falls to the ground on a put here. Nice scene. A CGI struggle. It is a CGI. It showed that it was the very first time you realised this is quite this is quite different from the original. Or yes. this is a Hollywoodized version of the original. Yes. The original. Because she in silhouette becomes animal like when she attacks this guy. That's what I thought was really cool about it actually. That's why I wrote a nice scene. Yeah, I, yeah like, no, it still works. You're right, it's CGI and you can tell. No, no, it it's um I like the way that it is kind of staggered and she does come across as, as a predator, mm. which uh, is the point. <laughs> yeah. So, so I guess at this point, did you, would you, as a person who didn't know what was going on, have figured out what is going on at this point? So basically... Well, we know it's a vampire film already. It, it kind of tells us that in, yeah. in, in the actual <laughs> tagline. Like, yeah. but, but in so. terms of, she is, she's, she's, he, his job, the older man's job is to find her blood. Yep. He fucked up. Yep. By knocking over, he got the victim, but he knocked over the blood. That's yes. why she lost her temper at him. That's yes. why that's her yelling at him in the manly voice. Yes, that's right. And she's weaker than she normally would be on schedule. I so guess. now she needs to go out for the find, kill because yeah, find the own person blood. that she relies on had fucked up. Had fucked up. Yes, and that's exactly what's happened. She, and by doing that, she's exposing herself. Correct. She's getting desperate. Yeah. By killing. She's people. come out in the open to yes. kill, although 
is still at this point hidden. No, but she does the thing that, as we all know, because we all thought about doing it, um, uh, when you kill somebody as a serial killer, you don't kill close to home. Mm. You don't poop where you eat, and that's what she's done. So yeah. she's brought the spotlight onto her effectively. Yeah, not that's right correct. on her, but onto her region. That's correct. Yes. So. But then she looks up with a bloody face, and her eyes have changed, and then she snaps his neck. Because she's a humane killer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't matter his misery. Yeah. Which is a nice of her life belt. She's a lovely old bird. That's on free of charge. <laughs> There's more shouting from behind Oscar's wall. Uh, and he sees the guy, the father figure, go out. Mm-hmm. The guy, uh, father figure, Hakan. Mm-hmm. The guy mm-hmm. goes to dispose of the body in a nearby stream. This is important. The next day, Owen discovers the Rubik's Cube completed. He asks Abby, the young girl, or vampire, um, how old she is. Her reply is 12, more or less. The emphasis on the more. Yeah. Not so much the less. 12. (laughs) More! (laughs) Or less. 12 plus 3,000. So the shouting was, again, uh, the man losing his shit at her for killing close to home. Yep. And her yelling back at him going, well, if you hadn't fucked up in the first place, I wouldn't have... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So she sold the Rubik's Cube. Is that a vampire thing? Solving Rubik's Cubes. Puzzles. Puzzles. I don't know, but it makes you think, are you aware of Hellraiser? No, it's the one that the, 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 the puzzle box. Yeah. So if there was a Hellraiser puzzle box it, with a vampire coming across it, would they be intrigued and solve it and therefore open the portal to hell, releasing Cenobites? That would be a cool movie. <laughs> you heard it here first, he's got your own pop out. Um, I'll, I'll pass that one over to my colleagues over at Hellraiser Podcast and they might be able to ask. Them. Oh, yeah, the, these the guys who inspired you to do this. Yes, yes correct. Yeah. Hello. Hello, Peter. Um, the, um, but that's a vampire thing, isn't it? They can't. This is something to back with the old original hammer rules that like you can't cross running water, all that sort of shit. Um, yeah. Wasn't there something that they can't. Uh, the bit OCD with. Um, Puzzles. Puzzles, yeah. Like, if, if there's like, if somebody spills beans on the floor, they have to stop and count every bean. It was a, it was a plot in the X Files. Where Maybe, man, I've not heard of that, but I, it. it's interesting. Yeah, it's, I'll it's, look it up after this. And if anyone out there knows the answer to that, let us know. Yeah, no, I think, well, I think, I'm pretty sure there's an X Files where Mulder says that about vampires. And yeah, cool. The vampire tries to kill him, and he's got Mulder at his mercy, and the Mulder knocks, literally knocks over a. Uh, a, a bowl of jelly of Smarties or jelly beans yeah, yeah. and the vampire goes oh for fuck's sake and he starts picking them up and counting them <laughs> while Smulder escapes so is that seriously he doesn't, say, he doesn't say fuck's sake but that's what happens so <laughs> is that is that is that a vampire thing they can they, man they, I, I'm hearing it first right yeah, here oh, so I, I'm not aware of that being a vampire thing but like X-Files was cool but they also made a lot of shit up so you know <laughs> that's true and the truth was out there the um, but anyway so um, we, we see the, the guy going out, he's disposed of the body, as I said. Um, and um, then we cut to um, Owen being at school. Ah, this is where he watches Romeo and Juliet in a classroom. Uh-huh. That was the Lincoln. It wasn't a book. It was a book. He goes to the bathroom and is confronted by the bullies. The lead bully strikes Owen several times. Owen then shows Abby a note with a breakdown of Morse code so they can communicate to each other through the walls. That's right. So, so yeah, during Romeo and Juliet, he wasn't watching. No. He oh, was, that's right. Yeah. Sorry. You want, to, you really, want me to go into a bit more detail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, no, because I thought it was interesting. Yeah. He borrowed a book from the library about Morse code and was translating yes. Morse code letters. And the bully, as they want to do, 
somehow gets really offended that the kid's not paying attention yeah. to the movie. Yeah. I, it's Robbie and Juliet. <laughs> it's a classic. Yeah, apparently he's a film critic. <laughs> and takes, takes it, I mean, he's looking for an excuse to pick on him, which, oh, is, cool. which is what is that book? Which is what he talks yeah, about. Yeah. And he won't give up the book. No. So, and then he kicks the more, Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, thank you for yeah. that background. That, that probably is important, actually. It's particularly when the bullying thing is, is the ongo- an ongoing undercurrent throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, so then um, Owen shows Abby the, the note that with the breakdown of Morse code that he's done so that they can communicate through the walls. Mm-hmm. Abby asks what happened to his face, and he actually tells her the truth. She tells him to get them and hit them hard and promises to help him if he needs, to, if he needs be. And he's kind of like, but you're just a girl. And she's like, I'm stronger than I look. Or yes. something along those lines. But if you can have a backup, might as well be a vampire. Yep, that's it. So Owen asks if he can train and exercise at the school. He wants to build his physique to protect himself. That's right, he goes to a PE teacher. That's it, mm. yep. Mm. Owen and Abby go to the arcade, and Owen asks her to have some sweets. She says no, but can see she, he is disappointed. So she says she'll have one to please him that makes her throw up because she can't eat it because she can't eat it this was done really nicely in another Mm. film I saw like a European film Um, and I think it was called Vampires and it was about two girls Mm. that are vampires and one of them is trying to wean herself off killing Mm -hmm. and tries to eat no more food but can't do it and keeps throwing it up and the other girl's like what are you doing it for we're we're bred to kill Mm. you know but she she still insists on doing it and I thought it was quite an interesting scene that I think Underworld the sequel did that with um the the, 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 the dude when he's now a vampire werewolf uh, hybrid. Yeah. He escapes from um the one. Um, he's Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale, thank you. Um, and he goes into because they're in Russia for some reason, and he goes into like a the equivalent to a Russian pub. Yeah. Orders a nice goulash. No, that's Hungarian. Sorry, but he orders. <laughs> Food which is made up of uh, potatoes and meat, yeah. and, and consumes it because he's ravenous. And after about yeah. three seconds, he's but they do show his body rejecting it. Nice, um, and because yeah, and he just goes into the convulsion. So yes, it's been yeah, done. yeah, it has been yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, so she kind of doesn't take to the sweets, mm-hmm. um, and then um, Abby uh, then asks, "Is if Owen would like her if she wasn't a girl?" Yes, this is very pertinent. He says he would, although a bit puzzled by her question. Uh Abby uh, returns home to find a saddened father, or a calm figure. She tenderly reaches out to him. He pleads with her not to see Owen again. And this is the one and only time we see the two in a tender moment. Yes. Which kind of hints at something of yesteryear. Well, yeah. And there's a borderline thing here about pedophilia. Yeah, um, but it is within the context of the story. Um, it's a very, it's a very tender moment because it's it's the passing of the guard. Yeah, the death of. Um, she's repl- she's she's going to the motions of replacing her guardian. Yeah, correct. Yeah, correct. Um, and it is it is a very tender moment because for him, you do get the impression, and it goes back to the note. I'm sorry, Abby, at the beginning. Yeah, is that he loves her? Yeah, he does. Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't put up with that shit if he didn't love her. No. Um, so, yeah. It's interesting, like, uh, there's, a, there's a big comparison within the book here, too, because it's, yeah, it's love that is dominating from his point of view in the book. But as in, like, he's the one who's on the back foot all the time. Well, he, he's constantly trying to 
be physical with her oh, okay, right. in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and even at the end, there's a whole scene where he's chasing after them. Like, yeah, I look in the movie. Like, um, I'm, I'm going to come to this bit later on. I think, yeah. but yeah, he. It, the point is, is there's marked mark differences between the character here and and how the book translates him. Yeah, cool. Um, so then. Um, we have Hakan, uh, the father figure, um, sneaking into the uh, backseat of, of, of a car again. And we presume he's out on the kill again. It's kind of the typical kind of MO. Sorry, can I get into the backtrack again? Um, they show him packing his gear to for the first time when he packs a jar or plastic bottle of clear liquid. Yes. Which I think in the original movie you saw from the outset, there was always part of his murder kit. Yeah. And you never understood what it was. No. Yes. That's right. And that's key. I realise yeah. why you're saying that because that's key to what happens. Uh, in due course mm-hmm. um, so then he's uh, yeah so he's in the backseat of a car again and which looks like his usual you know MO it appears fold though as the driver picks up a friend as they pull into a gas station um, and the passenger waits in the car um, while the uh, driver goes to pay for the for the money uh, for the petrol and uh, then the passenger so the passenger waits in the car and then he reaches back for his bag and discovers the father in the back seat with a mask on. <laughs> and her father goes, okay, I know this looks <laughs> but I can explain. <laughs> he doesn't say that. Uh, at which point a struggle ensues mm-hmm. and uh, the passenger is killed in the car. So that, like, there's a big struggle yep. and he, uh, Hakan, or the father character, overpowers him, kills him, tries to get away in the car. And there's a great shot from the interior of the car as we see it um, mm, yeah. tumble backwards down this embankment and realising that he's screwed up, you know, the car's crashed and he's realised that he's really screwed up big time. Um, because the driver ran into two friends in the petrol station. That's right. And they chase after they him. They chase after yep. him, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so, uh, and so the car's kind of tumbled down this embankment and it's upside down at this point. And realising that he's screwed up, he grabs a vial of acid, from, which is in the bottle that you were talking about, mm-hmm. um, whispers Abby and then pours it over his face mm-hmm. um, to... Um, Kill himself. Yeah, it's his um, it's his um suicide pill. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then, at which point we then cut to Abby, in her apartment, who overhears the accident on the radio and goes to visit him at the hospital. Mm-hmm. This is where things start to tee back up with how we opened up the movie. It does. Um, it. So do you get the impression that she always has the radio radio on during the hunt, when he hunts, just for that very reason? I don't know, but that's a good point. Hey, um, I never, I never got that, but I think that's a, that's actually a valid point. I, that would be kind yeah. of interesting if she did do that. Tactically, it would make sense. Yeah, it would. I would have made Otherwise, you'd just be sitting around going, yeah, I wonder where he is. Yeah, I'm still hungry. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Um, so it's alluded that um, Abby flies. Does hmm. or, or at least can climb up the side of the building. She climbs up the side of the building, yeah. Um, to Does the window that, of his ward. Yeah. Was that, did she do that in the original too? Yeah. But it was actually, because in this one it's CG, isn't it? Yeah. And with the original, I think they actually had a stunt person. I think so, yeah. yeah. And she asks if she can come in at the window of the ward to where the guy is, mm-hmm. the, the father. Mm-hmm. She asks if she can come in, but he has lost the ability to speak. Mm-hmm. So he's still alive, obviously, and, you know, barely. Mm-hmm. Um, he bends over to allow her to bite his neck upon, so she can feed, yeah. upon which he then throws himself out of the window and plummets to his death. 
Is acid coated blood tasty? I I've never tried it. Yeah. Have you? Well, I'm just curious <laughs> as to the thing about vampires and vampire people. films. Yeah. They just eat anybody. Yeah. He's presented, but you think, well, different people would have different diets, have different medical conditions. You think vampires would be like, I'm not eating him. He's fucking. His cholesterol. Is yeah, but she's high. she's needing a feed, though, isn't she? So. But she's definitely desperate. Yeah. But. Anything. So I mean, I don't know. Does acid really acid on your organs change your blood composition? Because I just don't think it'd be healthy. No, but she's already dead anyway. Well, I guess so. But sometimes, sometimes don't vampires get fussy? Oh, yet? my bloody fangs are falling yeah, out. Now. Well, I mean, it's that classic thing. If you're a vampire, I mean, if you're forced to become a vampire, you would at least crack the joke. I don't feel like Chinese tonight. You know, <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? You need no Chinese. I don't feel like Chinese. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. You would. I mean, if you had a choice between a big, fat, disgusting guy, who's clearly overweight and has heart condition or a really healthy person in their 20s because you, yeah. you think you know they're blood yeah. well to be honest, blood yeah yeah I never got the virgin thing though why is virgin <laughs> blood different to normal person's blood untapped blood how's it different apart from the fact that you might catch an STD if they're yeah I don't know yeah anyway it's pure it's the whole purity thing but how does your blood change if you ha- after you've had sex and what if you wear well clean? and <laughs> <laughs> one day, Ed. <laughs> anyway, so I just, my first thought was like, I mean, she's just bitten this guy. I mean, she's going to get a bit of acid into her mouth. It's a bit mm. disgusting, but she's done it. She has? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a poignant moment because obviously uh, you get the impression too, that this is kind of how it ends. Yeah. 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 This is ended. This is the sort of thing that's happened the to her before. The chapter. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so this is where uh, we see him plummet to his death. Mm-hmm. Um,. Of which point, this is where I will quickly mention what I was talking about earlier mm-hmm. about how the difference between the father character in the book. Oh. He doesn't actually die in that bit. He hits the pavement, though, does he? He does hit the pavement. Still alive. Still alive. Oh, that's a tough old buzzard. Yeah. Wow. And then it turns into a bit of a monster thing at the end. Oh he man! Comes and hunts. That'd be so much better. Oh, I should have went for that. That would have been awesome. Money comes to hunt down the abbey to. He said, comes to hunt down. That's the words he used. But he does. Well, he, he, there's, in the book, he, as he's attacking some of the kids in the basement of the apartment, he has a visible erection, which um, again comes back to the fact that he's somebody that actually does like young boys, which is a bit of a clue as to... Abby's background. Yeah. Anyway, but we'll get to that down the track. Um, anyway, Apart so from the erection bit, that would have been cool to add into the movie. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, so um, oh, I've completely lost my track now. Um, so he's plummeted to his death. Abby goes to Owen's apartment and knocks on his window asking if she can come in. He says she can. She climbs into bed with him and he asks if, if he can go steady with her. She tells him again that she's not a girl. I thought this was very tender, very pointing, because for a sensitive topic. Yeah. Kids. It's a very sweet moment. Um, the next, yeah, I totally agree. Sorry, um, yeah, it was a, it was a, a, a good, yeah, it was, yeah. The next day, Owen goes on a school trip skating. The bullies threaten to throw Owen into the lake. While the teacher is distracted, they confront Owen. At which point, Owen hits the lead bully across the head with a stick in defence. Quite you get a sense during the scene, this is a make, and break, break, make or break moment for him. Yeah. And he chooses something that's out of character, which is to yes, fight back. That's correct. Which, which surprises is... the hell out of everybody. Yeah. 
Not least which the bully he gets half his ear ripped off. Yeah, that's so right. So just as the teacher who's on the scene goes to find out what's going on, a scream is heard as kids have discovered a dead body frozen in the lake. So his attention's then distracted. Mm-hmm. And the body is the body of the of that victim we saw. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. The detective then turns up at Owen's house investigating the murder. So this is a detective we've seen in the, uh, at the hospital. Mm-hmm. The detective knocks on Abby's door, but she ignores it. Owen uh, then sees the bully being picked on by his older brother, which is what we were talking about earlier. So we see that domino effect that the bully is himself being bullied. And I think it's very interesting, and it's handled very well in, in the original movie, is that the bully... Yeah. My first thought was like, oh no, the, the bully's got an older brother. The older brother's going to get really... Don't yeah. pick on my older brother, but clearly he, he thinks it's the funniest thing on earth that his younger brother got clocked around. Yeah, yeah. That's so right. you think that's the end of the that storyline? Is that Correct. resolved? Yeah. Because the bullies had his, the wind knocked out of his sails. Yeah. The, the older brother he would think would probably take revenge doesn't yeah. give a shit. No. Because it's funny. Because that's and we even see Owen smiling at this point because yeah. he can see that he's he's the person that's been bullying him all this time is being picked on and mm. getting more comeuppance. Yeah, he is, and that's why you think that storyline. Very clever. Yeah, it is. Um, and so uh, Owen and Abby then hang out in the apartment's basement, uh, at which point Owen deliberately cuts his thumb to make a blood pact. Seeing the blood, Abby turns, but runs off and li- lies in wait for Virginia, who's one of the neighbours, um, and then attacks her. So this is where Abby's hides up in a tree. Yes. And then this CGI woman comes Abby. back. <clears throat> yeah, CGI Abby. So yeah, so Abby's, um, she did drink the blood initially. Yep. And then she- Oh yeah, so she laps yeah, it up. She laps it up like a kitten, and then, like a kitten. Uh, and her face changes. Yes. And in the original movie, that again, didn't have a CGI budget. They just no. had her look weird. Yeah. But it works, and then she runs out. Yeah. And the problem is that she's had enough self-control not to attack Owen. Yes. But she now knows the blood loss has kicked in. She's yeah. got a- Got to find it from somewhere. She's got and also, it. importantly, Owen's now seen her. Yeah, seen the real her. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, um, so then yeah, she hides up in this tree and then attacks this woman who's passing by. The character's name's Virginia. He, spy, he spied on her initially. Uh, yeah. Voyeuristically, he spied on her with his telescope. Correct. Early in the movie, yeah. And that was the point where you were talking about where she actually looks at him. Yeah, yeah, she did look at him. So yeah. she knows she's being spied on. She yeah. doesn't get off on it, but at the same time, she doesn't mind it. No. Because she, she draws the blinds just before it gets interesting. That's right. Yeah. Kid. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, she's jogging. That's right. They're walking past. Abby attacks her. The boyfriend takes forever. To get there. To, to do something about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Probably should get so off. So this is in, in the book as well. So I'm kind of deviating away from the film. Mm-hmm. But in the book, um, the they've both had an argument. Right, okay. And she stormed off in front of before him and he's they're with a group of friends and yeah. he's like, fuck, I should go. Yeah. And But there's a big gap before he makes that decision to go after her. Right. Hence why there is a gap. Is but wow. that's not obviously communicated in, in the film the movie, because yeah. they've made these characters lesser. Right. Because there's a whole story arc with all these character, uh, uh, like minor characters within the book. Yeah, right. Um, which doesn't get touched on in the film. Right. Which I think is to the film's credit, mm. as I hinted at earlier. Um, so yeah, so the, uh, the, boy, the boyfriend does get there and he manages to kind of, I think he kicks her off, doesn't he? And then Something she, like that, and, yeah. um, and she kind of goes off scampering. Um, and she's had half a feed. She's had half a feed, yeah. And then, um, and so, but she manages to run off. Owen then tries to turn to his mum for help, but she's asleep. So he then um, he then tries to call his dad, but his dad is too focused on the relationship with his mother to listen. 
Yeah. Which is a kind of good. So basically, it's like both parents aren't there for him. They're not. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to add at this point too that the voice of the father in this. I'm sure somebody famous. Go ahead. Is Elias Codius, who's the same guy that plays the detective. I actually kind of thought it sounded very much like the detective. Yeah. Oh, there you go. It's kind of well, how limited was their budget? That budget for CGI couldn't hire another actor to do another part. Just for a voice. No. Is this is this the the Quentin Tarantino moment where you choose <laughs> in Django and Chain? We had one actor be get killed in the beginning and comes up at the end back of the film various times. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's it. Exactly it. Anyway, so Owen goes back to Abby's apartment and asks to come in. This is an interesting point too because the roles are reversed. Mm-hmm. He asks if she's a vampire. So it's the point where she, he actually says the word. She replies that she needs blood to live. So she doesn't confirm that. She just yep. says she needs blood to live. Um, she's been 12 for a very long time. Mm-hmm. He asks where her father is and she just says, gone. And he sees old photos of Abby with a boy. It's alluded that it's the father, yeah. the can character. Well, I, you get to see it in his face too, yeah. that everything clicks. What are the full consequences click? Like, because at this point for me as a viewer, that's when I got, that's, that's her life. Yeah. She finds a companion to be her protector and her food, food supplier. Yeah. And, um, I guess it usually is a man. Yeah. Because they're stronger. So she has to play on yeah. a certain type of character. Well, she, well, at the same time, well, she befriended him young. Yes. And she's befriending this guy young. So I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be the uh, pedophiles per se. No, well, that's why it then becomes an interesting thing because mm. the pedophile thing then slightly gets lost out of the equation because mm. they're the same age when, when they, they meet. meet. So it's friends. just one yeah. grows older, yeah. and then, but then if you've got an attraction there, I guess that's it. That's it. If you're attracted to someone, if you're well, okay, like so your high school sweetheart, you're the first girl you got a crush on. Yeah, usually would be about that age, 12, 13 yeah. or whatever. You would always kind of see her in that image, I guess, some yeah. stylized version of her. And when you're in your man in your forties, you don't really stop and think that's a bit weird. No, because you you transport yourself back to when you're the same age. as That's well. correct. Yeah. So I guess no, maybe that's yeah, maybe, maybe that's that, that, is. that is a point I've never transport yourself back. Yeah. It is an interesting topic I, mm. I found, and I felt again handled really well in this movie. Mm. Um, but the other interesting thing too, I guess, is the classic thing with kids, or I guess most people, is that it wasn't an alarm bell for young Owen. No, because. Clearly, he's going to go through the same cycle this guy is at some point. That's right. That's um, right. Anyway. But yeah, no, it's very, it's very, it's an interesting image and very striking, very important. One, I didn't pick up on the full meaning of it in the original film. No. But in this film, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Mm. Same. Mm. Same. And that's why I was saying when I went to watch this one again, I started mm. really appreciating it in, mm. a, in a different way. Mm. Um, okay, so now the detective character then goes to the, vos- to the hospital again. Uh, to visit the Virginia character, so she's the girl that's just been attacked to, by Abby who survives. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, because she's been bit, is starting to turn. Yep. Um, and she starts to feed on her own blood by biting her arm. Uh, at which point the nurse opens the window and she bursts into flames. And catching the nurse on fire too. And catches the nurse on fire. Bad shift for her. No. Yeah, um, Yeah. which was uh, very, yeah, good, powerful. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Very well. Yeah. And yeah. also, how they do in the original movie? Can't remember the original movie, man. But, but I in the book, I can tell you in the book, it's mm. interesting because the the boyfriend is in the room with her, and she knows she's only got a certain point where she's gonna need to do this. She knows she has to kill herself because right. she even tries to attack another neighbor. There's right. a whole scene where she oh. tries to attack another neighbor, and the cats attack her. So she that is in the original movie. Is I that think. In the original yeah, movie? I remember that, that's what I'm getting yeah. flashes of. 
the, 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 the other the other characters had a bone. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a yeah, there's so, a, yeah. And then so she then that's what why she then ends up in hospital because mm. she's been a, attacked. Mm. Um, that yeah, that is the original movie. Yes, right. Yes, cool. And then so she, so she's lying in in, in the hospital with, and her boyfriend's lying next to her, but she knows that like the end is done. Like she, yeah. There's no way out, um, but she doesn't want him to be hurt. Yeah, so she has to find a way of getting him out of the room, and she does so. Mm. And then the nurse comes in and opens the window, window yeah. uh, yeah. the blinds, and, and she's killed. Yes. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. but um, it's still cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we then co- go to Abby, who uh, goes to visit Owen again, mm-hmm. and she um, says he has to invite her into his apartment, mm-hmm. and he spitefully doesn't, which leads to her walking into the room. And well, he, she, he says, "What happens if you don't?" Yeah, and, so, and which is very yeah, because in all the movie and literature. You yep. rarely see the reason why. No, no. Yeah, and then she walks in. Yeah, and then starts to bleed from every pore. Which would hurt. Which would hurt a lot. But she does it because she wants to prove to him Yeah. there's a reason. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and really I think that's kind of cool. And it's, yeah. it's interesting too, because he's testing her too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. it's that kind of like trust that they're trying to find within mm. both each other, you know. Mm. Um, he then panics and quickly says, she can come in, you can come in, you can come in. And then he says, no you're not. Uh, yes you can. No you're not. Yes you can. That was a bit of a douchey move. It was. He's a dick. <laughs> He's a bit of a dick. And then I decided that didn't work in the edit. They cut that out. They cut it out, which was good. Yeah. It's good that they chose to cut it out. Um, Owen then uh, sneaks out while his mum is sleeping and on the TV is a caption reading 10pm, do you know where your children are? And that's, a, that's an American thing, isn't it? I guess so, but like, I just found like again, it's in, yeah, that's what it's coming across as, yeah. yeah. And I found it interesting again. It's it's absent parents again, you know, because mm. they they really don't know where their children are. Um, uh, Owen then wakes up on the floor of Abby's apartment, and there's a note telling him not to go into the bathroom. Now, wasn't there a whole scene before that with putting on clothes and playing music, or was that after this? She puts on a mother's dress. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, that was yeah. in that bit, yeah. Because so, cause she's bled everywhere. Yeah. She needs to change her clothes. Of course. And then she puts on a mother's dress and she looks like a girl. The whole, uh, cause I, I think that's that written, the, but I've, I lost it. That, but, that's, yeah, that's important, important. because in the original movie, he actually sees her naked, and which, again, European films seem to be able to get away with this. Yeah. Because it actually goes down, the camera pans down to her crotch, and then it's a really odd shot because... Um, you see, basically, you see a scar there, but yeah. because it's shot in shadow, because it's, it's a tall girl crotch, you think, okay, well, it's a girl's crotch, but it's actually yeah. it's an actual scar. Yep. For where she he was castrated. Yeah. Because that's what Abby's character is. is yeah. Actually, a male. Yes. Was a male. Um, and obviously, in an Americanized film, they didn't bother showing that at all. That no. was a major difference, but uh, which is which is again lose the whole I'm not a girl, and you initially took yes. that as like I'm a vampire. Yes, but she's actually been saying the whole time, "I'm actually not a girl. I'm a boy." Yeah, who hasn't hit puberty yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Exactly. Mm. And like, and, and that's that's clearly evident in the book as well. Mm. It touches on that, and there's even bits where she uh, is able to allow him to read, almost read her mind, but tra- he's transported back to when it happened. Right. And so he he's fully aware that she was a boy, and then she he then tackles this whole issue of what does that mean because I feel for him her mm. um, but she's a boy but mm. yeah it's interesting but they don't they don't really play on it in this movie do they yeah no Which, well um, they, I think both movies so touched incredibly it. Yeah, subtle it is even both movies in the movie where you saw the crutch because you didn't know what the hell that was 
and why would you show the crotch of a 12 year old girl um, yeah. yeah but both movies they, it's just played on um, yeah and it's and it's an interesting it's an interesting just, yeah idea yeah yeah I think yeah it is it is um, okay so um, I just lost my notes there okay so um yeah, Owen's at Abby's house uh, in her apartment and he's woken up and there's a note on the floor saying don't go into the bathroom. At which point the detective knocks on the door mm-hmm. and uh, then breaks into the apartment. Because he, he, he freaks out he, and he steps on the... That's right, he steps on the, the board which creaks. That's a creak, so yeah, because I can hear And he hears there. it. Yep. Owen hides though and the detective, as he's looking around, goes towards the bathroom, goes inside, sees a pile of rags in the bath. As he uncovers the rags, he reveals that Abby is sleeping and he goes to pull back the sheets that are blackening out the window, which obviously would let the light in. Mm-hmm. Just as he does, goes to do so, Owen stops him by crying out, don't! Yeah. So at which point the detective turns around uh, to kind of see who has called out and that's when Abby sees her chance and attacks the detective. And then basically kind of pins him down and... Gets his feed for the day. Yeah, gets her feed and he starts to bleed to death. Um, he's... I quite like this bit. He's yeah. reaching out to Owen and Owen simply steps closes forward and closes the door. Yeah. The, the, the really, I think the really interesting thing about a scene like this... I mean, scenes like this, um, you go to... There's a bit of danger, don't go to the danger. What's going to happen next? Yeah. But the interesting thing about this scene is you kind of don't know who to root for. No. Your, your natural instinct is to root for the kids. Yeah. Before you realise that one of them is actually a cold-blooded killer. Yeah. And the cop is technically the good guy. Yeah. <laughs> so he, and then when he gets attacked, you really realise, oh, I don't want him to die. But then he does. And then she's tearing him apart and she's the person you've been kind of rooting for the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And he's pleading for help and you want give Jesus, kid, give him a hand. And the kid closes the door. Yeah. Because then you see it, suddenly you see it from his point of view that he can't. And no. it's, he doesn't do it out of meanness. He does it out of... He's clearly... He's choosing between what is right and his love for Abby. Yeah. And that's the tragedy behind what he's doing. He makes yeah. a choice to close the door. That's right. And I think that's, again, great writing. That's a great moment of, of, of uh, classic tension. And you, your point of view and your allegiance and your sympathy shift, for me anyway, yeah, yeah. constantly from character to character. That's right. I mean, and that's part of the, that's part of the way the, uh, the film's written too, though, is that by this point you have got an allegiance with the two kids that you've been following and mm. their journey as they discover each other mm. and their relationship tightens and becomes stronger. Mm. Um, so you're right, you are rooting for them, but mm. in a sense you're like, oh, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah it doesn't mean you don't want good people to die, yeah. which this cop is. Yeah. Mm. Uh, because you actually think, like, with a normal kind of what I would call normal Hollywood ending, that's that's probably how it would end would be that he'd come in and end it all. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. That's the tricky thing, isn't it? Yeah, well, you'd make him an unsympathetic cop. No, that's or, right. Or some sort of dick or douchebag. Yeah, yeah, like that. yeah. Hey, but he bleeds to death. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a while later, then Abby comes out of the bathroom and um, and tells Owen that she has to leave. Uh, probably because she's killing a cop, killing a cop. <laughs> and, really and at this point the, the lights are going <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah vampire here um, so yeah she realises she has to leave and we see her then going off in a taxi that's right it must be a tedious existence being a vampire yeah if that's if you're always oh. on the moon yeah yeah it's like you know people who move houses I mean you've, if you've moved house three times in a year you get really pissy about it and these people yeah move. that whole kind of yeah but like it's, it's interesting it too there are, there are a lot of people that have that as, as a career where they're always on the go and they from place to place and you 
it is you kind of make friends lift just open there's no one in it <laughs> <laughs> okay we, we are recording this very late in a very big and empty building <laughs> and some weird shit's happening okay anyway um that threw me um but there are a lot of people that that, that is their life they have to go yeah. from place to place and like, like even uh, musicians too oh, yeah. like mm. because they they're gigging it and having to you know mm. i mean this is slightly different but they are technically traveling from place to place mm. and they don't really have a home per se and home is where their guitar is or their string on the back that's it man um they want to do all life. but you're right but, i get it, but, it's yeah, a they're weird, doing it but she's doing try it and, forever this is different yeah. too though yeah. because yeah. Uh, in that sense, they're they're people that are extroverts and mm. are on show mm. when they go to places. Whereas these people have to hide in the dark. They're introverted by yeah. nature and they all around. Yeah, it's interesting for hundreds of years. Um, so anyway, look. Um, uh, the tech, um, We also see sorry a shot of the detective's body that's been kind of hidden in the basement too. That's right. Yeah, he, like, yeah. The blood and it's kind of been like a little. That basement's gonna crisp. stink. Mm. Uh, the next scene we see Owen at the pool gym, um, yes. and the teacher is called out by a student to investigate a fire. That was started. It was started by yes. the group of bullies. Now they're back. Uh oh, something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the uh, teacher in question is then locked outside. Uh, the bullies uh, turn up with the older brother. So this is the point where we thought things were yeah. resolved, but he is coming to seek vengeance. Yes. Um, and then it's at uh, this point where Owen realises that he's in trouble too and tries to escape but is then dragged from the locker room and thrown into the pool. He grabs his knife from the locker. Yes. And they use it against, they use it against him in the end, but yes, they yes, do. Yes, they do. And a very, really unsettling scene where he's just screaming mm. as they're dragging him along. And it's just... Yeah. It's very right. unsettling. And it's a very unsettlingly written scene. Yeah. Because in both movies, it's, it's equally... Very yeah, it's upsetting. Really, oh, it's painful. It's very watch. upsetting. Like, yeah, yeah. it makes you really uncomfortable. It's done very well. Um, and so... Um, the other thing, what's, what's scary about it for me was that the bullies... Um, it was one of the things that those kids would have done it without thinking through the consequences of what they'd done. Yeah, yeah. And they would have quite happily drowned him, or worse, cut out his eye or whatever they threatened. Yeah, him, yeah, yeah. Without really thinking through yeah what happens no that's right Once they, you they, do that they're, they're there for one yeah. reason and one reason only yeah it's like kids who grow up thinking war is awesome not yeah. knowing there's no reset button no uh, yeah no um, that's right um it's like that you know that's why that's what that to me was really horrific part of it and it, to me it also smacked of um a very real scenario you know yeah man yeah um, totally they always say you know if you stand up to bullies they'll respect you or they'll, they'll, they'll move on which is I guess true but at the same time it makes you think well do they really yeah. like, why don't they just yeah. come back and hit you harder yeah. which the lesson here is kids when you hit back at a, at a bully make sure you kill him <laughs> and put him down for yeah, dead yeah. and, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and his family and everyone knew them Yeah, and his dog that's going to bite you in the ass because this is your podcast the <laughs> views <laughs> expressed by the people on this podcast aren't necessarily reflected by Paul Farrell yeah no it's not Even though I'm, I'm only kidding make sure you don't get caught yeah don't kill the dog <laughs> Don't, um, make it look, <laughs> just don't get caught. Um, make it look like an accident. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, go on. So, um, yeah, so, so yeah, he's been dragged and he's thrown into the pool. Um, and the head bully, the, the older brother, um, starts testing Owen by challenging him to hold his breath for three minutes underwater. If he fails, he'll lose an eye with the knife that yeah. you quite rightly said mm-hmm. was pulled out. Um, so then he pushes him under the water, and as he holds his breath underwater, all hell then breaks loose. Yeah, it's really well done, really well directed, this bit. 
Yeah. Because you, you hear noises at first, which is from underwater. Yes. And and at the moment, you're just thinking from his point of view, there's no way he can hold his breath for three minutes. He no. He's in trouble. And no. then in the very back behind him, underneath the water, you see a sprinkle of something happening. Yes. Something's been dropped. It's kind of weird. Something's been dropped and sprayed in the background, and then yeah. something lands in the background. Yes. And then the boy's hand that's holding him down starts to sink yes. in the water, and it's been severed. Yes. <laughs> at a certain point. <laughs> that's right. And it's just, and then you hear screaming, yeah, yeah. "No, no, no!" And we see we yeah. start seeing bo- bodies then being dragged through the through water. The water. And, it's an amazing uh, shot. And yeah. when he eventually, oh, it is that whole yeah. that whole sequence in itself. Yeah. Because he's still up. Has his eyes closed. Right? <laughs> That's right. He doesn't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> and and, uh, and he's holding his breath still. Yeah. Um, and eventually, when he does come up for air, uh, that's when you hear like real screams and sounds of bodies and bones crunching and mm. the really or like the the uh, audio and uh, sound effects on this is, it's is very brilliant. Well um, and I think they took that from the original movie too. The original movie is pretty much the same yeah, thing. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So yes. And he he then pulls himself out of the pool and collapses on the floor. There's body parts everywhere. Yeah. Dripping And there's water. a pair of bloody feet that yeah. stand by him. Mm. And then he looks up at his saviour. Yeah. Of who we don't actually see. Oh, right. Yeah, you don't see it, Tammy. The way it's cut. Oh, right. Oh, there you go. Because um, it wasn't her. No. It was um, Barry. Bazza. 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 Uh, well, no, it's evidently yeah. her. Um, so, yeah. And then, don't um, believe kid has got a vampire in his corner. <laughs> so then the closing scene sees Owen on a train with a large suitcase. Mm-hmm. He taps on it in Morse code, and there is a reply. So, we're presuming that that's Abby in there. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he locked some random kid inside a box. The tappers, get, help me, get me out of here. Isn't it I love you or something like that? Or something? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Something, yeah. And then um, Owen sings to himself again in that creepy way. Oh, yeah. And plays credits. Sing and sing. And sing. Mm. So, uh, initial thoughts on the movie? Ah, oh, I hated it. Yeah, yeah. Put it shit. Moving on. Uh, no, it's it's a great film. Um, I, yeah, I, I guess the interesting thing, it's so funny. Like you look back on it because this like, was my third viewing, um, including the original film. Yeah. So I knew everything that was happening, and it's well crafted. It's told very well. Like you just, if you're the one who commissioned the film, after yeah. that, that viewing, you go tick. Great, yeah. All done. Um, you'd say the legendary only couple things and that's it but you let it go you like you, you nailed this well you handled that well your idea here is really good great execution but yeah it was the interesting thing when I first saw the film the first film which is yeah. my first reading of it I yeah. was sitting there going what's going on yes pretty much most through most of it yeah. and then towards the end it started to click and, then yeah. I, and I think oh okay I get it but I didn't really appreciate just how wonderful this film is yeah um, and so my first reading yeah good film but it, it is a great film on further viewing it is. It, yeah. it, it seems like it gets richer with every, every viewing yeah. of the movie. And, I, and that's what I was meaning like, uh, before when I kind of watched it again, ready for the podcast. I was kind of ready to kind of be middle, middle ground with it. Mm. But I actually found myself leaning more to... This is a really well put together film. It's, it's a lot of good quality throughout the film. Mm. And it helps that it's such a strong uh, subject matter. And you can see why there's been two films been made of it. Yeah. Now... The uh, the uh, writer who uh, is uh, John Arno Linkwist, I want to say, um, that, of yeah. the book, um, let me in, um, let the right one in. He um, he actually said he likes both versions of the film. So yeah, I read that too. And yeah. gave gave both of them his blessings for different were, reasons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that that is actually the essence of of 
my thoughts on the film in itself. Like both films are really good films, yeah. and actually are good for different reasons. Yeah, and absolutely. they actually stand up quite high. Yeah. And I think Hammer, and I think they probably do, but Hammer should be really proud of that movie. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's, and it's particularly, a, it's like this is this was their right. This is our. A return to return the to the film industry, but because like all the other like the classic ones we've gone through, Cover to Father's podcast, they were like we know what this is. It's schlock horror. It's B grade. It's yeah. popcorn movies. But this is not a popcorn movie, no per se. This is an actual horror film with quality which, to it. Which is interesting, where because like mm. like following that too, like they've done other films, which like you know I think I can't remember which order it goes in, but like we had the Wakewood uh, and the Resident, but then. The Woman in Black, Black is back again did like another mm. good one, and that has a similar kind of tone to it in, mm. in the sense that it's it's kind of a horror film, but it's slightly off center mm. to your average run of the mill kind of horror flick. Yeah, um, like you say, not popcorn horror. Mm. It's it's kind of um, it makes you think it's intelligent it, horror. Yeah, it, 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 no, it's, so, it's, um, a, it's a it's a as a friend of mine would put it, it's a it's a hair twirling experience. Yeah, 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 that's right. And there's I mean like, that's not to belittle stuff because there are other films because um, other horror films because there has been others that have ticked the boxes in that Mm. area Mm. and uh, it just seems like Hammer have realised that this is probably their their, like just looking at those two movies alone Mm. um, that they're this is probably going to be their benchmark this is probably what's going to do them well so it'll be interesting when the next one comes out which is called The Quiet Ones because it feels like it's trying to go for the same vein and it'll be interesting if they tap that vein or not. It's an interesting choice to do that because if you're gonna if you've got if you're a company with a bit of money and backing and history yep. and if you say we're gonna make money through making schlocky horror. Yeah. Or making quality horror. Yeah. I know instantly as a as a money backer what's easier to make. Schlock yeah. horror. Schlock horror you popcorn horror, whatever you want to call it, has you have to hit certain Block, tick certain boxes at certain points yeah. certain bit of nudity gratuitous violence score stu- and it's not a lot of thought but the thing is they do rate for a reason or they, yeah, make, yeah. they make money for a reason they of don't course. rate yeah. but the, because it's a tried and true form and people know what they're getting people will pay for that because there's yeah. people who watch that stuff the, 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 the high quality horror that makes you think and all that that's harder to get right yeah, yeah. and easily you can, it's a very it's a fine line you can fall either way very easily which is why I yeah. think it's going to be interesting this next one the quiet ones because yeah. I'm a bit uh, because oh, like I, I look, it's got Jared Harris in it, which I mm. think is going to be a win anyway. Because mm. I, I like the guy, um, and um, and I think I'm hoping that might be its saving grace. But mm. like I'm judging it before I've seen it. Like the trailer looks nice, you know. So is this is this, is this like is a this home a invasion psycho, type film? Huh? Is it like a home invasion type film? No, 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 no. This is like um, it's a bit of a, a poltergeist kind of thing where it's. Um, Set in a university where they're trying to uh, they get hold of a body. And oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I see the trailer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but interestingly, like, like they've already got a sequel in plans that's been produced for Women in Black. I say sequel; it's a prequel. Right. Um, they've also uh, they've got a series of books out at the moment as well, which they've been doing for the last couple of years. Mm. One of them's just been given a nod to be produced, which is based on the the Pendle witch trials. Um, hmm. um, which is actually I mean it's a really quite short book you can read it really quickly but it's an interesting one and it's that for me is a bit it, that reminds me very much of an old gothic horror hmm. mm-hmm. um, and they've also come out just recently too saying they're going to remake The Abominable Snowman which was a movie with right. Peter Cushing so essentially it's a Yeti movie oh. and they're talking about um, 
getting the guy that directed the film Mama to direct it? Um, that's not. I can't um, remember his name off the top of my head. Andreas. Yeah. I'm making it up. But yeah, anyway, the director of, of Mum. Yeah. Uh, sure. Which makes you go, oh, okay, interesting. So that to me is going more popcorn horror if that's the, the way they're going to go with it. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, because I wasn't a huge fan of Mama. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I, I didn't mind it, but I did, towards the end, I was getting a bit. Right. So it'd be interesting, anyway. So look, they've got a lot of things on the card, but like that's, that's future Hammer stuff, right? We're talking about this particular movie, um, Let Me In. Which, and, and probably would have made a lot more noise, except. Um, they got snookered by the, the, the yeah, the, the and that's just the luck. That's just yeah. the luck of the draw, you know. And yeah. I, I think, yeah, it is unfortunate that that was the case. But I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hold anything against them for doing it. I look at the movie and I said it's really well handled. It's a beautifully shot film. Yeah. It's a really good subject matter for a film, and they touched some really nice points along the way. They came up with some ideas that were um, close to the. They go to the edge without going over it. Like yeah, pedophilia. That's yeah, yeah. That's the easy thing to write about. Which they uh, they they did uh, a movie which touched on that um, with old school Hammer, which was called right. Never Take Sweets from a Stranger, right. um, which was about pedophilia too, mm. and uh, deemed a, a taboo subject at the time. And and that one actually didn't do so well because of the subject matter within it. Mm. Um, which is interesting because I think this this is where this does like you say balance it really nicely that it's 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 there it's the questions are asked but it's done in a bit of a subtle way that it's not yeah in your face and yeah and and, and, and when you look at it too like we were discussing like technically these are potentially people that have been with her since they were they young were children so you got yeah. child underage sex yeah. you got all those interesting choices yeah. in the 80s is interesting yeah. but then you the, the concept of immortality and, and the yeah. consequences of that on with the mortal in your life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's been touched on, on a lot of other things, like Doctor Who does it very well. Yeah. But but yeah, he's he's done that aspect about vampirism, which isn't sexy. No, like it's that's not, right. It's not fucking Twilight. There's no sex in it. Is that, yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. you know... And that's, that's, that's the thing, the Twilight movies romanticise that shit. Yeah, 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 and, yeah that's and right. this is a very cold-hearted reality of yeah. like, well, you're living a life of perpetual movement yeah. and loneliness and isolation. Yeah, yeah. And, and murder <laughs> and, and, that's, and it does come down to the, the genuine relationship that these people have with each mm. other like even like the father character with Abby but also in turn more more focused with Abby and Owen and their relationship as it uh, blossoms mm. um, yeah it's done, it's done really nicely mm. yeah the thing that got me about um, that both these films did right was casting because yes. kids as we all know, yeah. you, you they just don't have kids in your movie. They just <laughs> particularly the twenty age was just so fucking annoying because they're yeah, plot yeah. device to get the it's trouble. A, it's a fine line, man. Well, and let, they let, can't act, and that's yeah. right. Well, let, let, yeah. let's go on to that's a good segue mm. because let's go on to the the players of the piece. So we'll we'll look at Owen first. Uh, he's played by uh, Cody Smith McPhee, um, Australian born. Oh right, just gonna make a note of that being in Australia as we make this podcast um, he came to public attention um, and critical attention in Rumless My Father alongside Eric Banner oh okay yep, yep. Um, but he also made uh, notable performances in uh, or performance in The Road with Viggo Mortensen which really That's a brought him to light in yeah. Hollywood circles mm-hmm. um, recently like uh, we've seen it, he's been seen in yet another Romeo and Juliet film adaptation he plays Ben Volio and a soon-to-be-released Dawn of the Planet of the Apes oh, movie. Is that from the same family of the last one? With, yeah. Um, so it's supposed to be in that same universe? I think so, yeah. Universe? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With, um, what's-his-face? 
the not Seth Rogen, the other one. No, yeah, yeah. My mind's gone. The, the, the guy Franco. James Franco. James Franco. Yeah. My man went black. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so um. Okay. But yeah, let's let's what? No, so we're talking about. Uh, uh, yeah, I think the, he's yeah, he's great. I remember the other kid being really good too, and the other kid was in the Swedish film. Yes. Yeah. 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 But they both were very. I mean, and the girl, I, I, she's going on to great things. I think she's amazing in. Yeah. In um. Yeah, kick ass. She's really good in kick ass too. Yeah, yeah, we're, uh, yeah. yeah. We're talking about Chloe Grace Sorry, Moritz. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get yeah. to we'll get to her. But the, the, the boy, no, the boy, yeah, he's very good. Like it's it's um, I guess it's it's a very subtle role, and kids usually don't do subtle that well. Yeah, and but the thing, like, because there's there's so many ranges that they have to hit within within his role. Okay? Yeah, because he's the victim, and mm. um, so he's he's has to play the innocent. Yeah, for quite a lot of the movie, yeah. but then he's also transitioning too to become yeah um, stronger and yeah. uh, you know yeah. and standing on his own ground. But there's also a sinister side to him too, which we see with you know with the knife and the mask and stuff. All that. So there's yeah. there's a lot of different levels. To and this being character. terrified. Yeah. Uh, most kids shake. And, and being shut out yeah. from his family, family and all that, and that, that, that desolation there. Yeah. Um, yeah, he doesn't. He gets the the subtleness of it. Yeah. You see it in his eyes. Like a good example for me would be Daniel Radcliffe and speaking of the woman in black. Yeah. Um, I've I've never rated him as an actor, particularly as a child actor. Yeah. Um, because in the first few Harry Potter movies, which you haven't seen, when when he acts, when he is terrified, he shakes. And that's all he does. Yeah, right. He just shakes, and he doesn't have anything more beyond that. Yeah. And, and as as an adult, he's gotten better. I'll give him that. Um. But as a child actor, he was yeah, hopeless. He got he got the part because he had to look. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and he was and for I me, think, it, showed, it wasn't yeah. the casting agent. His mum or something too. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> if that's the case, I'm I sure think I something. might be uh, <laughs> throwing out a complete lie with that one. Uh, <laughs> You're surprised, Daniel Radcliffe. But yeah, I mean, but for me, it really showed up because one Reasley and the other one Hermione were much better actors in yeah. comparison to him. But whereas this kid. Like yeah, you get it. He's real. He's grounded. He's in the moment. He's terrified when he's terrified. Yeah. Um, his love for when he falls for Abby is very innocent. Yeah. Um, even the way he speaks, that kind of yeah. like delicate way that he speaks, is yeah. just really nicely played and like. Yeah, yeah. and you know, kudos like, to the director too. Who yeah. Obviously, got knew what he wanted and got yeah. the performance out of it. Correct. Um, because cool. not easy, easy working with kids. No, it's not. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the uh, the uh, the. Uh, other side of the coin with uh, Chloe Grace yep. Moritz, uh, who plays Abby. Now, look, she as we she's no stranger to horror, <laughs> having appeared in uh, film remakes of the Amityville Horror, and also she was in The Eye, um, also in a lesser-known movie called Wicked Little Things. Um, she would then go on to star in indie flick Five Hundred Days of Summer before establishing herself before critics and fans alike playing Hit Girl and Kick Ass, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, since Let Me In, Chloe has uh, been in numerous productions, including Texas Killing Fields, Hugo, Dark Shadows, and more recently in Kick-Ass 2. Um, she's also in the remake of Carrie, which is just uh, released playing today. a self-titled character. It's today, which would be the, the time 30th of November or whatever it is that is. But I think, I, yeah. yeah, look, Kick-Ass 2 for me is when I really took notice that this is a girl who's now become a woman and she will be a, a very good actress. Provided she doesn't go through all the pitfalls mm, that actors yeah. go through. But I think she's got a lot of talent. 
She's got a talent in abundance. Yeah. Like her, like I particularly mentioned Hugo because I was mm. I became a big fan of that movie. Mm. Um, even though like off offline I was saying how Scorsese's lost it and gone Hollywood, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, you never said that. <laughs> you said no, that. So proof's much. not there. Yeah. Um, but the um, but in that movie I like I really liked too, and I think because it's a massive nod to the the cinema as it was being born, um, and. Um, uh, but her role in that too, she was really, really good, and um, yeah, she's just she's definitely somebody to keep an eye out I for, so. yeah. going places. And uh, again, like within this movie, there's so many notes that she has to hit within it too, mm. and mm. I think she uh, she plays it really, really well, you know. No, and she nailed it. Considering like, um, it'd be interesting to see what notes she would have been given about being a boy or how to, you know, how mm. to play that, or because obviously like <laughs> she's feminine and has to play the feminine part, but. Mm. Um, yeah, I just found that I just found that whole concept really interesting. And well, yeah, it's that whole yeah for me. I think it was very the interesting moment for that from that character's point of view when she she tries on the mother's dress and she spins. Yeah, that's as girly as you're gonna get. Yeah, yeah. And so clearly, her character wanted to appear pretty to this guy. Yeah. So this kid. So yeah, there's, it's a very interesting line. I don't, um, I don't yeah. think I've written in these notes here, but what I did um, what I did make a note of is is the gender role. Mm. switch here because um, she is actually a boy mm. um, you know as we said that's been castrated and you know a, but has uh, a feminine presence about her mm. whereas he the Owen character is uh, physically a boy but he's being constantly called a girl in the movie and yeah, right. displays a lot of feminine traits in his personality mm. um, and so it's this kind of weird like uh, there is a lot of weird shift there's a difference between how they appear physically to how they present themselves yeah. um, to the world and mm. I thought that was quite a nice balance and that again is why why these two characters work very well together yeah, yeah. And, well, her, and her attitude to uh, a threat is to hit it yeah which is a typically boy thing to do that's right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just thought that was really again that's another part yeah, of the strength okay. that, that came into it yeah but I mean also as a quick nod to the other film I remember the other kids being very they were really too. good both kids in that, yeah. those movies are great absolutely yeah. great yeah um, D- different looks too because she's quite dark and there's the, the other film yeah. she's very dark haired yeah with uh, this clothes lighter hair yeah, and the boy was very blonde, very blonde very Swedish. which is very Swedish yeah yeah, and like very lo- long kind of yeah the, the, the classic 80s bowl yeah. haircut that's right look. Yeah. which again I thought that's what the fashion was <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am very sorry yeah. okay alright so those they, absolutely cool well let's look, quickly look at uh, some of the other uh, uh, well two of the other actors that are present in this Richard Jenkins who plays the father of Hakan character he's underrated oh so he, underrated he does a lot of really cool things yeah now look he's been an actor who's been in the industry some fair time now yeah. cropping up in the likes of Hannah and her sisters yeah. the witches of Eastwick little Nikita it could happen to you mm-hmm. he would go on to be a Coen Brothers regular in such movies as The Man Who Wasn't There Intolerable Cru- Cruelty and Burn After Reading mm-hmm. uh, he's probably best known to the average audience as playing Nathaniel Fisher from Six Feet Under right, yeah, yeah. who's their father figure yeah. in, in that series um, there are numerous other movies that I'm neglecting he, to mention he's the classic oh that guy yeah you see, you see his face you don't know his name but you see his face yeah he's so, worked so much I'm sure he's yeah. actually He's got a mansion, I'm sure he's <laughs> yeah, for know. sure. I don't know if he does. Such is the wealth of the appearances and solid ones uh, uh, that Richard has been in. But I should mention that he made a notable appearance, at, at least for the likes of yourself and I, in the cabin in the woods. Yes, that's right. He's the other half of the, the two guys. Yeah, yeah. And the security. Yeah, security yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, the other one being um, Josh 
Josh from West Wing. Yeah. But um, yeah, like he is, he is that classic, oh, that guy. Um, and it needed somebody of his uh, credibility on screen to play this role because it, that that one moment where he has that tender scene with Abby where she you know touches his cheek and he's like please and like you mm. really empathise with that character right mm. there and then and it, it makes it believable and you need somebody of his of his brilliance to to play that role. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did very well. Yeah, and he does that kind of bumbling clumsy thing really well too like he's like that a bit in Burn After Reading although to comic effect yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, well um, you get the sense of a man who's very tired yeah and that to me was what his character was going through is yeah he's re- reaching the end of his time he can't keep doing this for her that's right that's um, right because killing people is a young man's game yes um, yes yeah no big hats off mm-hmm. I thought he played very well in this okay and then lastly uh, I want to mention Elias Codias who plays the detective policeman character in it Who's known for playing Casey Jones from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I was going to say, it's Casey Jones! <laughs> it's Casey Jones! It's Casey Jones! Casey Jones. A hockey mask and a hockey <laughs> he was also in uh, Look Who's Talking To. He was in Crash, Fallen, At Pupil. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a, uh, played a great performance as Captain James Bugger Starris in Terrence Malick's The Thing Red Line. Uh, yes, yep. And cropped up in another TV series, Traffic. Uh, the only good thing out of Thin Red Line was the soundtrack <laughs> it's a shit film Paul likes it I love that movie <laughs> I just said that to set him off I love it he's hulking out <laughs> and he's back ah shit film alright um, oh look I'm a soldier in World War 2 and I'm a poet uh, angst 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 sorry <laughs> you can fuck off <laughs> 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 okay let me um, tell the war let... oh tell the war I'm a corporal I'm going to also say stop oh, sorry it's quite accurate. He's, he's, um, he's gonna cut that out. The, uh, yeah. No, I'm gonna leave it in. It's funny. The, um, so uh, yes, he's also he was also in uh, a couple of episodes of The Sopranos. He was in uh, a couple of episodes of House MD. Uh, another fine performance as Sergeant Jack Mullinax in Zodiac. Um, oh yes, uh, uh, yes, the David Fincher yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was also in The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, The Haunting in Connecticut, The Killer Inside Me in Shutter Island. Another Scorsese flick. Yes. Did you like one? Well, it's got Leonardo DiCaprio in it, and when those two get together, they're shit. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> Calling the Paul. Although my wife loves it. And there you go. <laughs> Difference of opinion. Um, Paul's not married, so this is uh, where this is coming from. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but since Let Me In, he's probably best known for his portrayal of James Skinner in the US TV series The Killing. So that's him. Um, is, is The Killing... There's been that, a lot of fucking things. The Killing's based on the... Danish? Danish or something, one of the two, yeah. yeah. That's getting very popular now, taking off films or TV series from that region. It's called world. Nordic Noir. Nordic Noir, love it! It's got a terminology. Nice! Yeah, very you get nice. the likes of The Bridge and yeah. uh, Wallander as well. With yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Kurt the Bridge is supposed to be good, I haven't seen any of these. I haven't seen it, and I wanted to. Go catch up. Just right. don't have a life. Anyway. I'm too busy recording for you lovely people. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and yes. keeps me in the basement. I'm, never, I'm not allowed out. Come on with another movie. <laughs> Come on with another movie. Anyway, so yeah, no, that's a life, Cody. He's been in a lot of fucking things, as I said, mm. um, and um, plays a very. I mean, it's a bit one-note character. It, it is, but it's interesting because this character doesn't feature in the book. Oh, does, is it no detective? No. Oh, well. Well, there is a detective of sorts, but it's not done to this degree. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's again. It's it's a very dreary sort of world that mm. they presented here. It's snowing. Yeah. It's a very eighties colour. It's very drab brown sort of palette, and he fits right in. 
Yeah, he does. As a, as a, as a, yeah, a guy who's going, not going through the motions, but doing his job. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And like, and as you say, um, as we said earlier on, is that you kind of feel like he's probably the one that's going to resolve things, mm. particularly in the cli- uh, the pre-climax part of the movie. Yeah. Um, Although he gets yeah, killed. He's killed. Anyway, um, then let's look at the director who also was the screenwriter for the movie, Matt Reeves. Oh, um, oh who, what's he done? He did an episode of Homicide, Life on the Street. Oh. Wrote and directed a few episodes of something called Felicity. Um, and then uh, got his first big break for a creature film which is called uh, something like Cloverfield. I was about to say, <laughs> I know who he is. So he said Felicity, he said that's where he met J.J. Abrams. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. He's also slated to direct uh, to, for directing duties for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which we mentioned that oh. Kenny Smith so, is so, going to be in. So he knows he's a kid. That's yeah. good. That works. Uh, good job. Now, interesting, as I said, um, we mentioned this earlier also, that in the premiere, film premiere, he actually said that he was bullied at school. And so mm. we mentioned that we feel that that was a reason why the bullying component is so strong within this movie, because he's obviously uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, yeah, close to home. It resonated with him. Yeah. I'll just say something. Do people know that they're bullies? When they're bullies? Yeah, because I, I think if you talk to most people in the world, as adults, I think so. they would say, I was bullied, or I knew someone who made my life hell. Yeah. So, and all the anti-bullying stuff that's going on in, in, in the world and the media at the moment, which is good. Yeah. Um, but does anybody identify themselves as a bully? It's a bit like, are you a bad guy, Paul? Nobody here says they are the bad guy. Everybody thinks they're doing. Is there a bullies anonymous? Concept? Yeah, is there, is there is there like a bullies rights? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just seeing your website going. We're bullies are being bullied. Is, um, I mean, I mean that's. I I'm just curious. They do, don't they? Surely they do. They realise that they are dicks. somebody that have uh, a with and having power over other people and get their kicks out of it. Well, I don't know if that's what they see themselves as doing. Like, because the, the really clever thing about this kid in this movie, the bully, who we've already praised his performance, yeah. very accurate, yeah. is that he, that, that line, that one line in the pool, he gets busted by the teacher, and the first thing he says is, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, yeah. To me, the bullies who, who always used to pick on me at school was that they had, they always had clashes with teachers along those lines, and they mm. always seemed like everybody, the world was out to get them. Yeah. And they were all lashing out. In hindsight, that's what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. So, to their mind, I'm sure they think they're victims too. Yeah, yeah. It, okay. I'm sorry, this is a completely different podcast. I'm really sorry. But it's no, just no, no. Well, no, but this is yeah. the point. This is yeah. why this movie yeah. resonates in so many different ways because mm. there's so many strong subjects that it's dealing with. Mm. Um, and bullying is, 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 a, is a big part of that. But um, yeah, no, so you raise, you raise a lot of points and I, I don't know the answer to that, yeah. having not been a bully. <laughs> <laughs> having having bullied. Nah, see, that. Nah, here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. But was, a bully who says yeah. I'm not being bullied is probably a bully. <laughs> so I think... If you ever went to school with Paul Farrell, can you please write in? Because I think I'm pretty sure he's going to dick. You, you were there. No, I, I mean, I, I'm one of those people that would probably say that I was bullied myself at school. Right. And was picked on in, in a lot of ways and fell victim to that kind of... Okay. Uh, you know, there was a lot of guys that were bastards. And I, look, I wasn't cool growing up, but, you know, I wasn't part of that kind of alpha male group either. <laughs> I stood out and I was, yeah, easy, easy kind of fodder for that kind okay. of group of people. I mean, there's a really nice episode of um, 30 Rock yes. with Tina Fey and then she, she has her own high school reunion and she's like, I don't want to go, I was a square pig in Mount Hall, I was a smart girl, I yep. wanted to write and go to New York and these guys were country town bar and yeah, yeah. my life hell. Yeah. And 
they had a series of flashbacks of all these kids picking on her. Yeah. And then when she actually finally goes back to high school union, all these people go, not you. And they all thought she was the terror of her, of her year. And then they start cut back to all these flashbacks. Yeah. And everything she says, she mumbles. Every time they picked on her, she mumbled under her breath. Yeah. You know, all right. And, and the thing is, they cut back to those flashbacks and they hear what she mumbles. And it's a really cutting remark. Yeah. And these kids hear it, they get their feelings hurt. Yeah, right. And so every kid in high school regarded her as a high school bully. And that's the big revelation. She goes, I'm not the bully. You guys are the bully. And nobody likes her. And it's a really wow, interesting It's okay. a really interesting take on that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to go back for a reunion. No offence to people back there. <laughs> I'm friends with the people on Facebook. Well, that, that's what it matters. Yeah, so I said, I stayed in contact with the guys I called friends anyway. Yeah, that's yeah. why they said to me, why are you going back? Because there's nobody left behind. Yeah, yeah. But I needed certain closure on certain things. And that was yeah. the big thing I got from it. It was like, it doesn't matter. It really, it really doesn't. Like, and, in, yeah. and both ways. Like... It really doesn't matter. But, um, yeah, back on track. But, yeah, you know, in the movie, yeah, that slice of high school life, which a lot of us go through, yeah, was nailed perfectly. Yeah, I mean. yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it, it was so easy to identify with what, what Owen's character was going through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And made it all the more uncomfortable for witnessing it. It did. It's, it's, a, it's a terrifying moment. Yeah. He's, that, that end of the film when they're dragging him to the pool and he's screaming. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah, it's yeah. horrendous. Um, yeah. But let's talk about uh, the last person that we'll talk about will be Greg Fraser, who's the DOP. He's another Australian-born talent, a uh, member of the Australian Cinematographers Society, also works on G-Boy uh, to each his own cinema, of which he did a segment called The Ladybug, which was Jane Campion's directed oh. part. He also did Bright Star, which is a Jane Campion film too. Since since Let Me In, he's worked on uh, Killing Them Softly, Snow White and the Huntsman, <laughs> <laughs> um, but also was on uh, worked on Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, okay. Uh, so well, he's definitely broad, somebody that's uh, broaden it. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but focusing back on Let Me In, like you know, as I said, I think he like there's some really beautiful shot. Uh, well, scenes within this yeah. movie, you know. Um, it's a sepia-toned film. It's very brown, very yellow. The snow is beautiful. That, the courtyard was very similar to the courtyard in the original film, yeah. which I thought was an interesting yeah, yeah. touch. They, they clearly were influenced by it, yeah. if they were saying being snookered. Um, yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's a bit of a grey area, yeah, too, cause, isn't it? Like, yeah. Because, yeah, it's, it's the, well, to me, I thought they were heavily influenced. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, so that's that. That's that's the players of the piece. So uh, final thoughts. Did you have any favourite moments? Standout moments? Yeah. Uh, the when the bullies get killed. I mean, yeah. The, the bully, I guess, we talked about is very yeah, close to home for most people. Mm. Handled very well. Uh, but even in getting the fantasy realm of killing them, is <laughs> done very well. Yeah, yeah. It's and 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 yeah, Chloe. You didn't realize until I, for me, I didn't really appreciate just how good she was going to be yeah. until I saw Kick-Ass 2. Yeah. Because that whole film is about the transition from being a girl to a woman. Oh, right. And, and, and she hasn't seen that one. Oh, well, she had, that's how the thing is she has, because she, she has this choice of being a superhero yeah. or being a normal teenager. Yeah. And she kind of gets seduced into that life by watching a One Direction video. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden these teenage hormones kick in and she can't help herself and she right. wants that life. Yeah. And so that's all about, yeah, growing up and leaving her childish things behind, which in her case was killing bad guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, the way she handled it was very strong. And, cool. I, and I could see why she, they cast her as Carrie. Is like... Yeah, yeah. I'm sure she's I so want to see that. Yeah. Um, um, 
But that's when you look back and realize, oh my god, these guys are kids. Yeah. And having had worked a little bit with kids on on, on TVCs and whatever. Yeah. It's really fucking hard. Yeah. Um, and particularly the laws they have, they can only work with a certain time. Yeah. So many hours in the day, and yeah. the movie's all about those kids. Yes. Um, um, yeah, it's 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 good. And again, the subject matter most close to my heart, but the writing, I think it's a very good story. It's a beautiful it's a written story. story. Like, like, you know, and that's what I, I enjoyed in the book. Although, like, it's, like, you know, this was what I, I, as I was watching the movie, it's it's taken, like, pockets of the book to put together to form what is the film. And there's lots that they leave out, too. But reading the book, too, you just get an appreciation of where they went with both movies, both the original and, and the uh, the remake that Howard had gone with. Um, yeah, it's... it's, it's, it's it's really well handled, and for me, um, not just the writing or the strength of the characters uh, aside, which are big, big components of the film, but it's just the balance, beautiful balance between the tender moments and when shit happens, mm. um, which I thought was really, really well played. And also from the sci-fi point of view, like the actual mythology of what this universe yeah. is and what the what the rules are. Absolutely. Um, just getting back to the vampire side of it and how you deal with that with day to day life. Yeah. Um, and then balancing, and then back to the teenage romance, and then yeah. the physical physicality of her That's it. not being able to chew bubble gum, and it does it very well. Yeah, all of it. Um, yeah, and, agreed. And, balance, and you don't get sick of it. You get you, you don't. It's a journey, and you're, and you're swept along the way. And it's it's you're full credit to uh, the cast and the crew uh, behind it to to allow us on that journey and mm. and make it believable. Because yeah. it's not an easy thing to do, and it's interesting. Like I think we might just conclude on the journey of the vampire itself, because this is what the, this uh, this season's been about. It's been the vampire tales, and, mm-hmm. um, and I'm trying to remember the ones you sat down with me and spoke I, to. I did um, Enzo. Oh yeah, yeah. The, was oh, the clearly Cro- heard the Kronos, Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter. Um, <laughs> Which okay, <laughs> well that's probably I mean that's probably that's halfway through that's in the seventies. It's about halfway through the vampire canon. Like mm. um, I mean that's that was our fourth um, instalment anyway, um, and um, and just looking at that one alone and the transition now it's come. We're we're very much in modern day kind of vampire storytelling now. Yeah, and it's richer and there's a lot more that you can do with it, and it helps when you have someone like Linquist come along writing this novel for yeah. uh, directors to get their teeth into yeah. um, and really kind of play with it. And, well, I think, and too, I think the, the vampire journey too is that they're not just so black and white. They're not just about mm. you know creatures of the night. They're, they're interestingly, as this film mm. handles, they're actually people too. Yeah, well, I think, and correct me if you think this is wrong, but I think Anne Rice had a lot to do with that in terms, yeah. of, in terms of suddenly vampires are beyond a, a cliche that had these rules about them. Yeah. What if... What is it like to see it from their live to see life from their point of view? And, it's and, it's and why the the you know the uh, the vampire chronicles uh, stories, the interview with the vampire mm. um, and the like, were so strong because mm. it it went into that territory and Absolutely. kind of really showcased these characters exactly. as, as as souls as souls oh, exactly. Right, and, and it's spawned since then. And, you know, for better or for worse. Got, yeah, and yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, I'm going to go for a bit more of the better, although that's a bit arguable because I've gone off it now. But mm. True Blood yeah, initially sure. went yes. down that yes. down yeah. that line, and um, yeah. and that's what for me stood out in the first like couple of series of that. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Mm. I think it's gone way beyond it's, yeah, it's beyond good. that now. It's kind of starting to creep into Twilight World, but yeah. there you go. Except that's the worst. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but the thing is, it's re- it, re- re- it reinvigorated the genre. Yeah. Um, 
and and you just, yeah. I mean, that's the same thing. We always comes back to Doctor Who with us or with me anyway. Yeah. But the the new season, the new series of Doctor Who saw life from his point of view. Yes. He really asked that question. Of, yeah. To be somebody who outlives, outlives people he loves. Yeah. B puts them in danger all the time. Yes. Um. And and what does that what does that mean for somebody like that? Yeah. And and yeah. And and, and that's and it kind of got a bit of a Twilight audience as a result. If, yeah, yeah. if we're not you know there's teenage girls who love Doctor Who which was yeah. something you never said when you grew up as a kid in the 70s and the 80s yeah. um, but yeah, yeah they kind yeah. of love David Tennant <laughs> they kind of love yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yes which I'm sure they're going to be absolutely gutted with this new guy Peter Capaldi I can't wait I think he's going to be brilliant but I think yeah. the, the, the teenage girl audience is going yeah, to die might, a little bit him. anyway so that that concludes the uh, the Vampire Tales edition of, uh, of Hammer um, and uh, we thank you for joining us I just want to say thank you Ant for oh, all your assistance thank along you. the way too lovely being here um, and until next time thanks for listening goodbye